You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Folks, Your team oh. every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap. Subscribe to The Leap at theleap.substack.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And now, the show that is also on YouTube, and not just audio, you will get to see my mug on YouTube. So if you're the kind of person that likes to watch things on YouTube, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, hey, I'd love to listen, but I kind of do this stuff on YouTube, and you're not on YouTube. It would be easier if you were on YouTube. Guess what? I'm going to be on YouTube starting next week in time for the NFL season. If you are a subscriber to The Leap, you have a column from me in your inbox for subscribers, and uh, I, I appreciate everyone who has helped make the, the Leap launch a success. We have a ton of really fun stuff coming this week week. Today's episode is brought to you by our Locked On NFL preview. The NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. Now through September 8th, the Locked On Ultimate Season preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora. Follow the Ultimate Season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in. That is now through September 8th. It is, of course, Wednesday which means it is, of course, Zao, you doing? How you doing? Lily Zao from Fox 6 in the building to talk about the latest with David Bakhtiari. We're going to talk about that coming up here um, to talk about uh, the, the regular season, things that she's excited about. Um, I, I wanted to save roster cuts for this top of the show so that we could talk about it. Um, also, just from a scheduling standpoint, um, we had to record before cuts were final final. So uh didn't, I also just like, I don't know that it would have been that interesting for her and I to have a conversation about final cuts because in general, uh, it's, there's not, there's not 15 minutes worth of, of content there, which is why we're not going to spend 15 minutes talking about it. I just want to, I, I want to, you know, do the housekeeping part of it so that everyone knows who's on the roster. Um, but we have to start with the David Bakhtiari part of this. And I wrote a column for The Leap today about uh, the, the Packers' approach to this and what an indictment that it is of how they handled the NFC Championship game. And, and if you are a longtime listener of this show or a longtime follower of me on Twitter, that is not a new take for you. We are not going to rehash that. Um, I don't want anyone who is a locked-on listener and a Leap subscriber to feel like they're getting the same content in both places. That is not the point here. Um, so please subscribe and, and you can read that column. David Bakhtiari is going to be on PUP. He is going to be on PUP to start the season, the physically unable to perform list, which means he will be out a minimum of six weeks. Now, there was some discussion, okay, why can't they just IR him and he can be back in three weeks? That's not how this works. You have to make the final 53, and in order to make the final 53, uh, you have to be able to pass a physical, and you cannot then go on IR for the same injury. Um, it just doesn't work that way. So, uh, 
Um, that is part of the reason why he's not going to come back sooner. He was not going to be ready for week one. And they probably felt like, okay, well, we can't carry his roster spot forever. And so he's going to be on PUP. And 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 my guess is if he was on, if they thought he was going to be back for week two, week three, they probably would have just said, okay, we're fine just with him being okay. And, and it's whatever. Um, so the Packers, Look, I was I was wrong about predicting he'd be back early, but they have a very good backup plan. Albert Breer said from from SI and MMQB that the Packers believe Elton Jenkins might be the best offensive lineman in the league. Well, if that's the case, they're going to be just fine. And I do think they're going to be just fine when it comes to this offensive line. Royce Newman at right guard, Lucas Patrick, I think, at left guard, Josh Myers at center and Billy Turner at right tackle. That's going to be a pretty good offensive line in the short term. Now they're going to have some tough games. You know, the 49ers, they've got a really good front. The the Saints, they've got a really good front. And, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out where that game is going to be. Still don't know where that game is going to be. So these are these are things that, that still have to be ironed out. Not having to go to the Superdome to play against a really loud crowd and that front makes it a little bit easier. Of course, you know, a lot of other things that are that are trying to be worked out there as well. So I think they're going to be okay in the short term. You want David Bakhtiari back and ready uh, at the end of the year. Don't want to dwell on that. We we will talk to Lily about that a little bit, but it, I, I I would be remiss if I didn't you know throw it in there off the top because it was the big news of the day. Now, when it comes to cuts, I don't know that there were as many surprising cuts as there were surprising players who actually made the roster. So, you know, there, there weren't any surprises at quarterback. Well, before we do that, just one quick thought. We can only project what's going to happen with the practice squad at this point. There are some expectations, players that the Packers would like to keep. But until the waiver claim process plays out, we don't know who's going to even be available to be on those practice squads. So if you're if you're subject to waivers, a team could claim you and then you, you know obviously you can't be part of the practice squad. So Kurt Benkert um I, I think predictably was released just from a number standpoint that was always going to be really hard, but the Falcons who were seen as a favorite to bring him back, um they're going to they're going to stick with Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks. So Maybe that makes it easier to bring back Kirk Benkert, um, who who has, has had just an outpouring of support. At the running back position, there was nothing really surprising going on. Dexter Williams, Patrick Taylor, both cut. My guess would be one, maybe even both of those guys will be back on the practice squad. At receiver, it was the six that we thought. By the way, uh, Jason Hershorn, America's guest, his final prediction had 49 of the final 53 correct. Um, when we did our little uh, role play game, uh, we had Braden on the team. He didn't didn't end up making the team. We had Lancaster off the team. He ended up making the team. And we had uh, Christian Uphoff on the team. He did not end up making the team. We got basically everything else right. So, uh, and they, and they ended up keeping five outside linebackers as we thought they would. We just didn't get the fifth one, right? Chauncey rivers, which is who I would have put on if I had the vote, but I didn't, we were just, you know, we were doing the exercise. 
Um, he is the guy who ultimately makes that roster. So receiver, I'm, I'm very interested to see who's going to make the practice squad there. Do they bring back Equinemius St. Brown? Does he make it through waivers? Juwan Winfrey is hurt, so we'll see what happens there. I think he is the most likely to be back. Um, and Reggie Bagleton, I would, I would be, I would be surprised if those two guys weren't back. And and maybe you know, EQ ends up somewhere else. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Remember, Jay Sternberger suspended, so his number does not count in all of this. Uh, we'll see. The Packers are going to have to make a decision on him in two games. So I, I mentioned. The the surprises were more at who was capped versus who was cut. Jake Hansen making the team, bit of a surprise because he didn't make the final 53 uh, or the initial 53 last year. He did not, to my eyes, impress in preseason games. And Ben Braden, by all accounts, was, was playing better. Cole Van Lannen, at least by my eyes, played better in the games. So I, I wonder if it is more about, okay, he plays center. And so that is someone who we feel like that positional versatility inside is valuable to us. You know, when Elton Jenkins is in there, I really don't know. That That is a weird one to me. Um, now, if, if Ben Braden and Cole Van Lannan come back on the practice squad, it's sort of like no harm, no foul. But uh, that was that was a bit of a weird one. I thought Tyler Lancaster and Jack Heflin making the team together was a bit of a surprise, but but not, you know, not anything crazy in that way. Um, and then Chauncey Rivers, as I mentioned, you know, they brought him in three weeks ago and he made enough plays. I thought he made some really nice plays in preseason. I do think keeping five um, is, a, is a nod to the health of Zadaria Smith. But, you know, as Jason and I talked about on our podcast, um, I, four is really just not enough, especially when you're going to play three a bunch. And Sedarius Smith has had some injury issues. Rashawn Gary has had some injury issues. And Jonathan Garvin is pretty unproven. So you, you probably want another guy on there. They kept Isaiah McDuffie on the final roster. He makes it. They keep five inside linebackers. That is a bit of a surprise. Um, and they are keeping Isaac Yadam, who they just traded for. KB on Ento did not make the team. Um, he, he is certainly a, a potential practice squad guy, as is Christian Uphoff, as is Innis Gaines. Those guys did not make the team. They're keeping four safeties. Also, J.K. Scott is not going to be on the team. And he isn't going to be on the team because Corey Bajorquez is going to be on the team. The Rams punter who by some people's estimation, won the Rams punting job over Johnny Hecker, who is, you know, an all pro punter. And this is a guy who was in booming punts in preseason, 70 yard punts. He um, played for the Bills previously and the Packers, um, they get him with a seventh round pick for a future sixth. Uh, it, it is that is in that way, those draft picks are number one, they're fake anyway. But number two, a, a current seventh for a future sixth in NFL parlance is a a net zero trade, basically. But the Packers had to give up something uh, and the Packers, they get a seventh round pick for Kadar Holman, who doesn't even make. The Houston Texans roster, Josh Jackson, did make the Giants roster. So that was actually a really nice trade for the Giants and the Packers. They they each traded for corners who ended up making their teams not long after the, the trades were made. So 
uh, nothing really um, life shattering here, life altering, earth shattering. I mixed the metaphor, but you get it. So uh, that's where we are. I like the punter move. Uh, they, they improved, I think in a significant way there, potentially, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a move made with Hunter Bradley at some point now, because this is only the initial 53, not the final 53. I I hate that. I kept calling it that it's the initial 53, not the final 53. The final 53 is not really final until the first week of the season, but, uh, we will have, uh, plenty more time to talk about that and plenty more time to see how that unfolds in the coming days. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one place for pro and football college action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 100% welcome bonus. Bet Online is the fastest an easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Use the promo code locked on to get that welcome bonus bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It is our last time to talk with our friend Lily Zhao before the season starts. The preseason is over. The season has yet to begin. It is that weird in-between time. So let's do this. Our friend from Fox 6, Lily. Zhao, you doing? Hey, Peter. Great to be back. Uh, doing great. Intrigued to see how the final 53 shakes out. Uh, but you know what? I have a question for you. Zhao, you doing? <laughs> I am and doing well. Uh, it has been a long couple of days. I have I was hoping we would we would hear about these cuts like two days before they started coming out because other teams decided, hey, you know what? Sunday night we're gonna we're gonna announce some of these, and Monday we're gonna announce some of these. And the Packers are like, nah, we're good. We're gonna push it right up to the deadline. And yet, it wasn't even the biggest news. I don't think any of the cuts are going to overshadow what we learned. On Tuesday afternoon, Ian Rappaport reporting that the Packers are going to put David Bar keep David Bakhtiari on the physically unable to perform list to start the season. He will be out at least six weeks. When you saw this, your first thought was what? Well, obviously, it's disappointing. Um, we all saw him make good progress during training camp. I think a lot of us believed he could potentially not be on the pop list. But on the other side of things, it's, you know, he is one of your best players. You want to give him the ample amount of time to actually rest up and get 100% healthy. The good news is they have a guy named Elton Jenkins. He's pretty good. So I think they'll be in good hands at left tackle until Bakhtiari can come back. But when you look at this, though, it, it just means that he won't be back until the middle of the season. I mean, when you're looking at the schedule, though, he's going to miss a couple of really marquee games, right? The Saints will be one, the Niners, the Bears. So he could potentially be back against the Washington football team or even maybe even later than that. But it's disappointing news, but we just want him to heal up, be 100 percent and then go from there because they're in capable hands without Jenkins on the left side of that line. So they'll be OK in the short term. Yeah, this is a team that has reached the point where the only thing that matters is what happens after Halloween, basically, because they need to get in peak performance for the playoffs, for a deep playoff run, and having David Bakhtiari get all the way back is the best way to do this. And and it is worth remembering and pointing out that 
you cannot make the final 53 and then go on IR for the same injury that you were out before the season. So technically, you know, teams can get cute with that stuff. It would be really hard with a player as as famously injured and as famous in general as David Bakhtiari to try and pull some stuff like that. Luckily, they are, as you said, in the capable hands of Elton Jenkins, but that does deplete the depth. Uh, it, it means that Elton Jenkins is not going to be inside when when they might need him in some of these games. Um, I think Bears fans are going to like you very much for calling that game a marquee game. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see exactly what it means for who's starting at left guard, because I still think that is an open competition. As we look, though, at the rest of this roster, um, there were most of the spots that that we were expecting to see. It went down mostly the way that we thought it would. To me, though, um, I'm still looking at a couple spots that still seem to be open. The the most important of which is cornerback. Were you surprised at at how much or how little? I guess um, Eric Stokes was out there. How much confidence the Packers had in just saying, "Hey, yeah, we feel good about him. That we don't think he needs to take these preseason reps." Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you drafted him, you used your first round pick on him, right? Which means you obviously have a, a level of confidence that he'll be able to play. But, you know, I, I assume we would see more of him, honestly, but we didn't. Um, and the younger guys, the, the guys behind him were able to get more reps in the preseason. But again, it just was a little surprising how little um, we saw him on the field. But there's some names that were, you know, cut today. KB and Ento, I thought, you know, did a good job. I know tackling was was an issue with him. Um, but he was a guy that was let go today as well from that, uh, room. So again, like you mentioned, it was, you know, I thought we'd see more of him, but the Packers obviously very high with him. And then, you know, he's competing with Kevin King. We'll see how all that shakes out. If Kevin can be hundred percent healthy this season and you know how that shakes out. But I think the room is going to be good. It's just a matter of, uh, can he be, can Stokes be, I guess, regular season football ready at the level that the Packers expect him to be when September 12th rolls around. The thing about September 12th now is we don't know where that game is going to be. And as of this recording, you know, it looked like the NFL was working. Jerry Jones said on the radio that the NFL was working with him to try and get um, the, the Packers Saints to be in Dallas at Jerry World. It is looking less and less likely that that is going to be able to work out, which means they are still looking for a solution. I think clearly this benefits the Packers in in some way. I feel a little icky talking about it that way because you know a lot of people in in New Orleans are still you know digging out from from what is going on with Hurricane Ida. This is this is a situation we haven't seen um, in, in a couple of years really since Hurricane Katrina. Exactly, and, and the tough part for the the Saints is that obviously they're not going to be they're not going to be able to go to the Superdome until probably the middle half of the season because they're talking about playing that first chunk at least away from. Louisiana and rightfully so because of what's happening there with the hurricane and and you just kind of feel you feel terrible because those fans you know a lot of them lost their homes and it, it's just not a good situation there right now but when you're talking about the football aspect of things it's where are they going to play right we all thought it was going to be in Dallas but there's uh, a concert I think three days after September 12th in Dallas inside AT&T Stadium which is the reason why the Packers and Saints can't play there if they had it would have been a marquee well, I shouldn't say marquee, but uh, just a bigger um, advantage for the Packers considering how well Aaron Rodgers and the team plays in Dallas. So now you're kind of looking at other venues. They need an NFL stadium, right? So there are a couple that are open because of teams not playing at home to open up their season, but it's what else is going around, going on around that stadium to make it work. So I think I've seen a lot of people saying 
Arizona would be a destination, potentially Jacksonville or even Miami. Um, so just intrigued to see how this all shakes out because obviously a very tough situation there with the Saints. Yeah, and and our uh, our thoughts are are with the people of Louisiana who have been affected by this storm. Um, the the images, the storm surges, the flooding. Um, a lot of people are are dealing with things that are much bigger than where a football game is going to be played. So, I don't I don't want to gloss over that part of it. Back to the football part of this, um, though. The 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 Packers' offense, in a lot of ways, has taken a back seat. Lily. And that seems like a weird thing because we're so, you know, we're so into talking about Jordan Love. And I do want to ask you about Jordan Love, but are, are we kind of forgetting how good this offense was last year? I mean, did, did, did we get, did it get lost in the Aaron Rodgers drama that, oh yeah, that's right. This team with, with fewer weapons than it's going to have. Now you, you add Randall Cobb, you bring in Amari Rodgers, you have Josiah DeGuara that is back. He's back and healthy that, that this offense could be just as good, if not better this year. Yeah, I think so, right? Because when you're talking about the the narratives that were coming out of camp, it's how does Jordan Love look? What's his relationship like with Aaron Rodgers? What's the wide receiver group going to look like? You know, the, the battle's there, the running back position. But when you look at it as a whole, it's the guys that will be there on the final 53 that we know of. It's this this offense is going to be good. They're going to put up points. The, the tight end room looks really good. Uh, we're hoping Kylan Hill, I would assume he would make the roster. As a rookie, he's going to add an extra, as we love the word, juice to this running back room with Dylan and Aaron Jones, who said he will be healthy coming off a hamstring injury. So when you're looking at this offense as a whole with Aaron Rodgers back and they bring in Randall Cobb, like you said, it's going to be a good offense. And I don't think we've really talked about it this offseason because it has been lost and the other narratives that have been playing out throughout training camp. But I think it's going to be fun to see because we saw how good and how potent this team was last year. When this is kind of a all or nothing, do or die season in a lot of people's minds with Rodgers and potentially Devontae Adams, it's what can we see out of them that we didn't see last year on a level that could be even better than what they were doing last year? So I, I think it's going to be a fun season offensively. And then now the question is defensively can they keep up and potentially build and become a quote unquote championship defense for this offense? I have to ask about Jordan Love because we yeah. saw him. And I spent a lot of time watching him. Ben and I talked about it yesterday and, and, and Ben said he was impressed. What, what you said the first time we talked about this was surprised a little bit at, at how, how good he looked. Um, and I was talking to, to Perry Goldstein, uh, offline about it. She asked, she texted me and said, Hey, what did you think of, of Jordan Love? And I, I came away going, I didn't expect him to look as poised in the pocket as he did. Now, when the pressure comes, obviously Things can can get a little weird, but what was your immediate reaction to to some of the plays that he made uh, against Buffalo, good and bad? Right, I, I thought that he, like you also said, surprised me to the point of I didn't think he looked this good either. But then we have to kind of sit back and think, well, this is why the Packers drafted him, right? They knew he was going to be good, or they see his ceiling is super high. You know, he has all the tools. He just has to get the footwork down. Just has to get better reading NFL defenses, just has to get the playbook down, all that kind of stuff. The nitty gritty when you're actually a quarterback in the NFL, but the, the natural talent is there. You know, he can run, he can throw it really deep. He had really good poise at certain situations. Obviously he had the interception, which everyone's like, that was very far like, and you know, it was a learning moment for Jordan Love. But when you look at him as a whole though, as a human, just saying, you know, I'm here to back up Aaron Rodgers. I'm here to learn. 
But then when you see how he's done on the field, really taking advantage of those offseason reps and Rodgers wasn't in town, I think that's really, really what benefited him. I know he wasn't able to be part of the Jets joint practices, but despite all of that, I thought he had put together a really good tape against the Bills. And obviously they were playing a lot more of their starters than the Packers were. So I have been impressed with what I've seen from Jordan Love, but I, I think we all have kind of, we have to say like, this is what we should expect to see because this is what the Packers saw from him, which is why they drafted him. So uh, I think he's going to be a really good guy for the Packers. And it's been fun to see his development this offseason. I had a follower make this point to me. And I, I would just like, it sort of knocked me on my ass because I was, I was just sort of like, Oh yeah, that's right. And he, he basically said, if it weren't for Aaron Rodgers, we would be thrilled with Jordan love because you can't evaluate Jordan love without understanding that the selection, his very existence in green Bay set off a chain of events that has pissed off Aaron Rodgers to the point that he does not want to be in Green Bay or did not want to be in Green Bay and questioned his very future in the NFL, right? Or at least that was part of all of this consternation and expecting Jordan Love to to become Aaron Rodgers or to be worth Aaron Rodgers, worth the pain of losing Aaron Rodgers, I, I think has has soured some people against him to the point that they will just never be on board with Jordan Love unless and until he does become Aaron Rodgers 2.0. But that if he were Justin Fields or Kyle Wilson or Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance, we would be going, hey, this guy looks really good because to me, he looks really good. And and the things that he's struggling with are rookie quarterback things. So what do you think about this idea of like, he is so hurt by the fact that we have this context of Aaron Rodgers and the looming last dance and all that stuff where, where it becomes difficult for us to evaluate what he really is. Yeah, 100%. That that person brought up a very, very good point. Because when, when you look at his the start of his NFL career, right, it's so different than an Aaron Rodgers or anyone else who is a quarterback, like a Trey Lance, who they've been drafted into the NFL. So think about it. He was drafted, COVID year hit, all this Rodgers stuff happens, didn't get to play any preseason snaps his rookie season. All this stuff with Rodgers happens. And now it's he finally gets a chance to play his second year in the preseason. And then he probably won't be able to play until it's scrub time or whatever in later in the season. So he has not had a normal start to an NFL career. And I mean, no, none of the the rookies that were drafted last year did. But when you're looking at him in the context of Aaron Rodgers, you're right. It's a lot of people expect him to be a future Hall of Fame quarterback like Rodgers. But there probably would not be any sort of expectations had, I guess, Rodgers not been the level of play that he had to get to. You know, if he was drafted by any other team, this would be a different narrative for him, right? But he's coming in knowing he has to live up to the expectations of a Rodgers, of a Favre, because that's just the quality of play that Packers fans expect from their quarterback. So there's just a lot of pressure with what he's been dealing with, especially from the outside saying that, you know, him and Aaron Rodgers don't get along. And Rodgers has said all along, it's not Jordan Love. It just was everything else around it drafting a quarterback. So it's not him as a person, as a player, but this has certainly hurt his image in the eyes of a lot of Packers fans, I feel. So I do agree with that. Okay. So this team, as currently constructed, you know, we, we talk about the final 53. This is not the final 53. This is the initial 53 because moves can be made. Guys are going to become available that the Packers don't know about. It's one reason why you might wait until the very last minute to make your final cuts because you're waiting to see, oh, this guy got cut over here. Maybe we can use this guy and then we can cut 
this guy. This is not the final 53, but as we are currently constituted here with the Packers, do you feel any differently now about the Packers than you did in terms of being a Super Bowl contender and all the, the aspirations that they have than you did when we started, uh, let's say, training camp? Not so much. I feel like the team that we thought they were going to be with the pieces that that they were going to keep on the you know initial final 53 would be the same. I don't think I'm swayed either way and saying, oh, they're way better or they're not as good as I, as what I initially thought. Um, some of the younger pieces have certainly come along, like Malik Taylor. We'll see if he makes the initial and final 53. Um, just a lot of skill position guys that I thought really shine during the preseason that can really help this team boost them up a level. Um, but I don't think that we're far off, or at least what I was far off from what I expected this team would be to start the preseason and the offseason to where we are now, which is a good sign, right? Because this team was so close to a Super Bowl last year. So they should be at that level again, if not a little bit better heading into the 2021 season. Lily, we are now heading into the 2021 season. We are on to New Orleans, except not in New Orleans. This is great. And I am very much looking forward to another season of Zayu Doing. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me on. All right. Great to talk to Lily, our favorite around here. Uh, and she's going to be a big part of what we're doing this season. And, uh, you know, she's going to be on video with us coming up uh, next week when we launch all of that. So you will get to to see and hear from her. So if it's, you know, not cool enough that you get to see just me, which, you know, look, I get I get uh, then you get Lily and, and you're going to get all of our guests, um, assuming we can make that work, which is going to be a lot more fun, I think, and, and make it a lot more engaging. Uh, it makes our format pop, I think, a little bit more. We, ha- we have our experts on. You get to see them. You get to see the excitement. You get to see the enthusiasm. You get to see me and Lily, you know, have our conversations on our if we have your crossovers on Thursday, me and and the other locked on hosts go back and forth on all those topics. It's going to be really fun. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for you know that other stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Comes in nine delicious base flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor, and they are all delicious, each one more delicious than the last. You could also go for a mixed box where you get two of each of those nine flavors, salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie, mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, coconut, almond, and coconut. And I'm telling you, those coconut flavors are the best. The best part, though, is not that they just taste great. That would be enough, but it's not enough for Built Bar because... All these bars, high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carb, low in 
sugar. So why not check them out for yourself? Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. And betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Dante Whitner, former safety for the San Francisco 49ers, is going to be on the program to talk about this Vic Fangio defense that the Packers are going to be trying to run this season, uh, how it beguiled Aaron Rodgers, and uh, and what to look for from this Packers safety group in particular. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe on YouTube now. Streaming every episode, subscribe to The Leap. The podcast is free on YouTube or on your mobile device. The Leap is not because... We gotta, we gotta have a little, a little extra, a little premium for the people who know. If you know, you know, and you're already getting that good premium content. If you have subscribed at theleap.substack.com, and anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do it 920-341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.